Welcome to the Triple Play Fantasy Fantasy Football Weekly Show. We're getting ready for week four. Stay tuned as we help you win some money and hopefully you win your matchups this week. Tune in. Everyone, this is Triple Play Fantasy. I'm your host Zach at FF Super Batman. I am joined today by the wonderful Doc at Triple Play Fantasy, and I'm going to say the same one this time, just so we don't have any confusion. The wonderful Brad at Sir Bradley K. How's everyone doing tonight, guys? Doing pretty well, Zach. Missed you last week, but yes. ready to talk some Week Three, man. Looking forward Let's to get into it. Was, last week was rough, so I was definitely under the weather while also working a significant event at my job while also under the way. So I needed, needed the rest. So I appreciate you guys covering. Um, but we had a insane week three. Um, we won't talk too much about week three, but I did want to get your guys's, I guess your one takeaway from week three before we get ready for week four. So Brad, what are you taking away from week three? Yeah, I was really excited to see what the Eagles backfield was going to look like once kind of game got healthy. I think, we all went into the season thinking it was going to be a three-headed monster with Penny, Swift, and Gainwell. Then the first week rolled around, and it was mainly just Gainwell. Second week, Kenneth Gainwell was out, and it was all Swift, and he was incredible. He almost ran for 200 yards. And then I think this week, you just couldn't deny last week's performance, and you had to give that monster the ball, and Swift kind of showed himself to be the lead back there. So um, I, I think DeAndre Swift creeping into RB1 territory is, is kind of a no-brainer to me. Love it. What about you, Doc? Um, if Kirk Cousins stays with the Minnesota Vikings, his arm might fall off by the end of the season. <laughs> he's thrown 50, 44, and 44 passing attempts. So he's at 138 for the season. And if he was to keep this pace up, he'd be at 782. And the most passing attempts in a season is Tom Brady, who had 733. So... Kirk Cousins is just throwing the ball an insane amount. And for fantasy, you like that. I You see what of, I did there, right? I yeah, see what you did go. there. There you go. Speaking of uh, uh, throwing the ball a lot, another thing I learned, CJ Stroud, certified good. I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and say that now. That Houston's off, That Houston Texans offense is really moving the ball. Um, their running game, which is the only thing I was expecting to be okay, has been pretty bad. It's looking like Devin Singletary might – end up getting more time there. But um, CJ Stroud is good. Tank Dell's good. Nico Collins, that, that's a really surprising offense to me. I agree. I think CJ Stroud is a surprising rookie QB so far. I think Anthony Richardson might be the best for fantasy as we go forward, if you can stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, but Stroud definitely surprised. I think it's the offensive line is also hurting that run game. They're missing, I think, yes. four out of their five starters. So yeah. I'd love to see Pierce still get a chance if they get those starters back. Uh, for me, my takeaway kind of combines all of yours, except for maybe Doc's, because I think we all knew Kirk Cousins was going to throw his arm off, is we know absolutely nothing. It's now three weeks through. I mean, how many things happened in week one? Complete opposite happened in week two. And then we changed it all up again in week three. Um, I mean, how many people lost in their survivor uh, picks this, this past week with the Cowboys losing? I'm still, uh, I'm still alive, baby. 
I, you are, but I mean, I figure a high percentage are already out in week three. Um, Zach, this is what you got to do. You just got to take good teams right away. I took Philly, <laughs> Cowboys, 49ers, NFC powerhouses, and then my friend who's still in took Ravens, Giants, Patriots. Just to show you, there is also no way to do this. But if you would have taken the Cowboys week three, you're out. Yeah, that's why I just take every who's ever playing the Jets. Just take the winners. To be fair, yeah, yeah, just pick the. Winners. I don't. I don't feel bad for people that took the Cowboys after what we saw the Cardinals almost do against the Giants. Like they don't look as bad as we thought they were going to be. Shout out Josh Dobbs. Yeah, definitely shocking. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love it. This is why we we hope you guys tune in every week because we have no idea what's going to happen, and we're trying to kind of read the tea leaves, help you out, get you ready. And hopefully we're right more than we are wrong. Um, turn into a more negative aspect, but trying to get you ready for week four injury updates. So Mike Williams tours ACL. You hate to see it. It feels like so much talent, but can't stay healthy. So turn it into a fantasy perspective. Would you rather roster Joshua Palmer or Quinton Johnston now? I would rather go Joshua Palmer. He's had some experience in this offense before. Quinton Johnston is a rookie. But I would go from a fantasy uh, perspective, Quentin Johnson, because I think that you would have to spend less fab on him. And I don't think there's going to be a clear number, too. I mean, Keenan Allen had 18 receptions last week. If Austin Escalier comes back, he's going to eat into that target share as well. So I don't think there's a defined number, two. If everything was even, like I said, Palmer. But you probably will spend less fab on Johnson. And especially if you're in a dynasty or keeper league, that could be someone that you would more be appealing to target. Yeah, I agree with Zach on this one. I Palmer was getting targets with Mike Williams even in the lineup. So um, uh, he's just there. He's their number three there. Um, you can count on him. He had a couple drops last game. But um, in terms of, you know, that rapport with with uh, Herbert there, I, I have the confidence that Palmer's going to get most of those targets going forward. Um, value never really does the trick for me. I I understand the argument Doc's making with, with uh, Quentin Johnson, and it, it, end up, it might end up being right. Um, but I always get burned going for the value play when it's like, you know, two, two players that could go, it could break either way. So I, I, I tend to lean towards the wisdom of the crowds where it's just like, you know, where that auction is going higher, where everybody wants, that's kind of who I'm, who I'm trying to target as well. All right. We do a question on YouTube. So if you guys are watching on Twitter, we appreciate it. If you want to interact with us, please head over to YouTube. Um, otherwise you can leave comments on Facebook too, if you're. You're 45 or over, and we appreciate that as well. So <laughs> I, we have RS German on YouTube. What do we do with Stevenson? He's running like Eddie Lacy after a bout with China food. I assume you meant Chinese food. Um, I mean, it's the Patriots running backs. I really don't think Stevenson's that bad. It has not been a great start. But, I mean, at this point where you drafted him, you're holding. Um, you're probably still starting. We're about to go into bye week, starting week five. Um, they're probably just hoping they rate the ship. And honestly, if you made the pick on Stevenson, this is kind of what you're signing up for because we've seen it every single season with the Patriots running back. I feel like the Patriots running back one that you draft is never the one that's most valuable. Zeke yeah. with Ramondre this year, Ramondre with Damian Harris last year. I mean, even the years that you draft Steven Ridley early and then it would be Shane Vereen. Like you said, Zach, this is what you were signing up for if you got Ramondre Stevenson. I never thought that he was worth the draft capital of a third-round pick. I didn't think the Patriots' offense would be that good. I, I am surprised 
that he's seceded this much work to Zeke. I mean, he's only has 46 carries on the season and 10 receptions. But like you said, you're holding unless you have a pretty good offer. Zach, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like at the end of the day, opportunity is the name of the game. And that offense is just destined to have passing scripts the entire game. Like they're just, they get down early and that's what it's going to be. So I, I just, I never liked a, a Patriots running back to begin with. And if you drafted Stevenson, you have to stick with him because you can't trade him at his lowest point right now. That just makes no sense. And then if you don't have Stevenson, go ahead and pick up Zeke because I, I think it might be worth the, the low draft cap or the low fab capital there if he's even on the waiver wire. Fair enough. Uh, Derek Carr injured a shoulder. Looks like he's out for at least a few weeks. Hopefully not a f- serious injury is what they're expecting at this point. So, Brad, are you concerned about Alave moving forward until Carr comes back or for the whole season? I'm not concerned about Alave because I think he's a, a bona fide wide receiver one. I think he's going to get the targets no matter what. And it's not like Jameis Winston's this huge downgrade. Like, yeah, he's going to throw interceptions, but we know he knows how to sling it. Um, I think Derek Carr going down really makes Taysom Hill a huge grab for me because um, he's probably not going to get that QB job. But I know he's going to be used in those packages every now and then, and he's still going to get the tight end work. He's still going to get that wildcat work. And if something happens to Jameis or something, then boom, you have a huge Taysom Hill week. You can start him in your tight end slot, and he's going to get you huge QB points. So um, I think Taysom Hill provides some sneaky value there. All right. So Austin Eckler still dealing with an ankle injury. They have a bye week in week five. It would not shock me if they hold him out again week four. We haven't gotten any word of that yet. Um, let him rest again week five. And then he gets Dallas week six, which is not a great matchup to come back to. But going into that, for, for you, Doc, is Joshua Kelly unstartable now, even with Eckler out? I mean, I think in a desperation 14, 15-team league, yes. I think in a 12-team, you can do better than him. I mean, he had 11 carries for 12 yards last week, 13 for 39 the week before, and everybody was saying, well, Oh, it's the Tennessee uh, defensive line. They're really good. I mean, he looked good week one against Miami, 16 for 91 and a touchdown, but his longest carry was 14 yards. So you take that out, and he has 15 for 77. If you take out the 15-yard carry he had against Tennessee, he has 12 for 24. Well, let's take it out. He's. I'm just saying if you remove one run, and I, I, know, I know people <laughs> That's what your, he does. But he's a plodster. Yeah, all right. he's a, all he's, right. a, he's he's a plodster. So and the then fact, he breaks one. Oh, he breaks one for fifteen yards. And the red zone work and the targets and and the, I, I'm and wait wait hold on, wait 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 Brad Brad and the red zone work. You mean when he failed to convert on third and one against the Vikings and then they threw it the rest of the time in the red zone? You said the Correct. receiving work. You you mean where he has one catch for five yards this year? I'm obviously going off of his larger body of work. He hasn't played but one healthy week. A larger body of work? He did nothing last year. We thought Isaiah Spiller was the backup. Eckler did nothing last year? No, no, Joshua Kelly. Oh, I thought, okay, I thought you were talking about Eckler. No, no, Eckler's uh, still good. He's just Eckler's hurt. friend uh, of the pod. We don't trust yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah, no shame on Eckler. Uh, and then last one, Saquon Barkley, uh, also dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, we thought it was a normal ankle sprain. Now it sounds like it might be a high ankle sprain. So we have no no idea how long he'll be out for. And he seems to struggle with his ankle injuries and coming back um, effective, even if he's playing. 
So going forward, do you want to start any Giants the rest of the season? I'm talking about the entire team. Is there anybody think, that you would you would enjoy starting? You have to start Derek I think Waller you sh- if you drafted him. That's it. Are you I was going to say that? I think you should go to Doc <laughs> with this one because I thought Breida was going to be the guy, and it turned out Brightwell was the one known. So he's got the pulse on this one. I mean, once again, it's a desperation. If you need to start a running back with buys or injuries, obviously you're going to, like Brad says, opportunities are the name of the game. And if you drafted Darren Waller as probably a top five tight end in the fourth to sixth round, so you're going to start him. But no, I, I'm not bullish on anyone. I mean, and once again, Daniel Jones, you're probably starting in a two quarterback league, but in a 10 to 12, not really. There's always yeah. like one wide receiver who pops up that Daniel Jones eventually like targets heavy. It might be Wandale, Wandale Robinson. It might be Slayton. It might be, you know, it could be anybody. You, you could name 10 guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not excited about that offense moving forward, which, which is unfortunate. So we'll move over to some prop bets. Um, Brad, do you have a favorite prop bet for week four specifically? I do. I haven't seen any lines yet because it's kind of early. But DJ Moore, I'm taking the over on whatever his line is um, against Denver. He's going to I, – I use PFF a lot for their grades, for their wide receiver cornerback matchups. And um, Sertan basically – does not shadow the wide receiver one anymore. He just kind of, I, I don't know what they're doing in Denver, to be honest, but um, he's going to have, uh, who are the guys? He's going to have Bassey or Mathis um, guarding him at least 60% of the time. And in that, he's got great matches for both of that. Um, I know Justin Fields has been bad, which I think is going to take the line down a bit more and give you some value there. But, you know, Denver just got 70 points dropped on them. Um, I, I think they really struggle with speed. They really struggle with good receivers. I, I just – they struggle with everything, really. Um, I, I think it would be a good idea to, to attack those Bears lines. All right. And how about you, Doc? Who's your favorite uh, – what's your favorite prop for week four? So I'm going to look a lot at Saints-Bucks. It's the famous Mike Evans versus Marshawn Lattimore game. So maybe Ooh. hammer some Mike Evans unders. But I also like – First touchdown score being no touchdown score. So when you look at the Whoa. last, when you look at the last three matchups, uh, last year I think it was Week 15, the Bucks won 17 to 16, and the first touchdown wasn't scored till 12 minutes in the fourth when Kate Otten caught a one-yard pass from Tom Brady. The game before that, it was 20 to 10, and the first touchdown wasn't scored until 10:49 in the fourth quarter, which was a pick six from the Bucks. And before that, the game was 9 nothing, where there wasn't a touchdown. So recently, there's been low-scoring games, and first touchdown score being no touchdown score, you could probably get it like plus 3,500 odds. Probably. I like yeah. that. How much would you put down on that? A unit? Half a unit? I would put down – I mean, everybody has their own definition of a unit, but I would put down 10, and if you use something like DraftKings and you do a 50% profit boost, that's you know 10 to win 470 potentially. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about it too, Tampa Bay just scored one touchdown in garbage time uh, against the Eagles on Monday night. The Tampa Bay Buck or the the Saints are getting Alvin Kamara back, which might change their game script a little bit. But Jameis Winston is fully capable of turning the ball over, so it could just be a sloppy game in general. Also, a miserable way to watch a game, though. I don't know. I'm all about those unders. You just don't watch that game. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. 
and I I have no idea if this prop is out there or not, but um, just for my own entertainment, the over under of whether Mike Evans and Lattimore get thrown out, take the over uh, because <laughs> I feel like every time they play, they always fight and they always get tossed. So I I, uh, I can't I'm, imagine I'm, that's out there, but they they might have like a flash prop line for that on DraftKings or yeah. something. Mike, now that's Mike a fun Evans, bet instead of the no touchdown. Yeah, like do Mike Evans or Marshawn Lattimore get ejected? Yes or no? Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what comes up. But I love those lines. It looks like fun. Um, now we're gonna move over to Doc's favorite segment because it's it's Seinfeld themed, real and spectacular or fake. So I'm gonna give you guys a statement. You tell me whether you believe in it. It's real and spectacular or it's not true. It, you don't believe it. It's fake. So Tua will be the fantasy MVP, not NFL MVP, which he could be, but the fantasy MVP this season. Uh, I'm going fake. I know they just put up 70 points, and right now Tua is the QB3. I mean, they put up 70 points, and he only scored 28.36 points. You'd like to see a little more, and I know that's no slouch, but I don't think he's going to be the guy that carries your team. And I also worry about the durability. I think if he takes a hard hit, he'll be under scrutiny and probably closer supervision than if anybody else has given his concussion history. And it's week three. It's a long season. And all it takes is one bad hit. So I think you're going to ride with Tua while he's there. He has a great supporting cast, and that team is incredibly fast. But I don't think I'm ready to say he's the fantasy MVP. Maybe if you drafted him super late based on his value, yes. But in general, no. I, I couldn't agree more with Doc. I'm going to say fake. I, If you look at Tua's stats last year, I know a lot was going on last year with the injuries, but if you look at Tua's stats last year, he had a similarly spectacular beginning of the season, and then the last five, six games of the year, it was pretty pedestrian. He, you know, he wasn't giving you more than you know 20 or so fantasy points each week, and sometimes he wouldn't even get that. Um, they're going to hit a wall. It's a copycat league. Eventually, guys are going to figure out how to not guard this. You, you can't really guard Tyreek Hill. You can't really guard Jalen Waddle, But you can find a way to to maybe slow him down a bit. Um, I, I just don't think this is going to continue the entire year. And like Doc said, once he gets hurt, if he gets hurt, I'm hoping he does not, obviously. But if he does, it's going to be, uh, woe is me. And, you know, you have to protect him all over again. And you're kind of worrying about his career as opposed to just the season, and it's just it's going to be a very stressful thing. I think if you have Tua as your quarterback right now, I think you go get a quarterback you trust to back him up and consider trading him at his absolute highest right now because you could really get a haul. All right. We'll do a quick question from NBA Rig real quick since it's talking about the Dolphins. Will Moser and H, uh, Achan both finish RB1 top 12 at the end of the year? No, no shirt hasn't stayed healthy for an entire season in his career. Yeah, it's gonna be maybe points per game because they'll both get hurt and then their points per game are so high, but not not this season. It's good corrections, eh? yeah. I like that's a that's a good way to put it. <laughs> points per game, it might be there. Yeah. Uh, so real and spectacular fake. Sam Laporta, rookie tight end for the Detroit Lions. If you're not sure who he is, will finish as the tight end two this season. Brad, I'm gonna go fake. I. It's, I, I like Kittle, Hawkinson, um, Kelsey, obviously. I, 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 don't see, I don't see that happening. Yeah, second is a little rich for my blood. I think Hawkinson finishes above him. I think Travis Kelsey does. 
I can see him finishing as the tight end three, though. Mark Andrews has looked a little bit sluggish to begin the year. Darren Waller has – that was somebody that I was fading, and I don't think um, – I know greener pastures are hopefully coming, but he's 32 with hamstring injuries. George Kittle has injuries of his own. I mean, I, I think sometimes the name of the game is just being healthy for if you're a tight end. Uh, I will be interested to see what happens when Jamison Williams comes back. I know he had a pretty aspiring yeah. training camp, but they invested a lot in him, and I'm sure they're going to give him the snaps. They're going to do everything they can to exhaust all their options before they cut bait with him and say it wasn't worth it. All right. Last one for this. Real and spectacular fake. Start CJ Stroud, who we already talked about a little bit earlier, over Justin Fields going forward. I'm going to say that's fake. It's close for now. Obviously, Justin Fields has not done what we've expected him to. He's QB one on this or QB 21 on the season. Hasn't eclipsed more than 15 fantasy points. But part of the reason you got him is because of the rushing upside. He has 45 rushing yards at least in two out of the three games. He does have a rushing touchdown on the season. Sometimes he can just be fantasy relevant based on one play if he has a 60-yard touchdown run. And I don't think we've seen that from C.J. Stroud yet. I think probably this is the worst that we've seen of Justin Fields. This is probably a buy-low opportunity. So I'm starting him over Stroud for now. But if he has a bad week next week against the Broncos, I might have to change that. I'm going real. I think C.J. Stroud's the real deal. I Zach, you brought it up. That Texans offensive line is horrendous. And they've been injured and... With all that, CJ Stroud's still been amazing. He's got plenty of time in the pocket. He's finding receivers. Their receivers are running. I I would not have bet Nico Collins or Tank Dell would have been, you know, wide receiver one, wide receiver two candidates, but they are. Um, they've just been incredible. CJ Stroud is making all the right reads. I don't I'm not in the weeds on, you know, football enough to know whether this is a, a matter of scheme or they're just, you know, they're running a, an offense that's, you know, elementary and eventually defenses are going to take to it and, and he's going to have a rough rough rookie season in the middle of the year or late in the year. I don't know whether that's the case, but as things are right now, I see, I just think there's too much going on in Chicago, um, both with Fields' confidence and the offense for me to have more confidence in him than what I'm seeing from Stroud right now. And, and Stroud can run too. Well, Stroud has 35 rushes, 35 rushing yards on the year. The next three games versus Pittsburgh at Atlanta versus New Orleans. Those are three above average defenses. Yeah, we're going to see. We're going to find out. Uh, I will say he has finished QB 22, QB 13, QB 12. So, I mean, I like it better than Fields. But it, it is a tough one because we have all this hope for Fields. But, man, he has looked terrible. And I don't know if it's just him, if it's his coaching staff, it's just that offense, all of the above. Um, but I would say CJ Stroud should not be on your waivers anymore after yes. tomorrow. I think you need to stash him. Yes, great. All right. So biggest fade for week four. So which player basically are you saying, you know what? Let's let's ride the bench this week. Let's see what you're made of first. Um, who are you sitting, Brad, this week? <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed that I have to say this, but uh Dustin Smythe. I uh I picked him up in the after the first week after he had that that uh I think it was like six catches a touchdown he he had a great performance week one and then I saw how the offense was moving week two and I'm like all right eventually he's gonna get the targets to pick it up 
then week three, and it's just nope. He's he's kind of an afterthought. They don't have to go to him. They have too many weapons. If he's not going to get targets while Waddle's out, he's just not going to get targets. I'm out on Smythe. So you're not even benching. You're, you're just dropping him. He's done. I'm dropping him. He's done. All right. How about you, Doc? Who are you fading? I mean, I'm fading James Conner because of his matchup, but I feel like I always fade James Conner, and he just does better than I expect. So, I mean, you're going to play him against the 49ers, but I think you have to temper expectations. But I'm getting real concerned about Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook has Mm. really kind of tailed off this season, and obviously the entire Jets offense has become a little stagnant, but he's not even getting the, the opportunities we thought. I mean, he had 59 yards week one. On third or on sixteen or sixteen touches, he had five touches week two, and then he had eleven week three. Like I, I feel like the Jets would run the ball more to keep the ball out of Zach Wilson's hands and rotate him and Brees Hall in, but he hasn't even looked remotely close to the Dalvin Cook we saw last year. I know he signed with the team late. He's coming off a shoulder injury of his own, but I don't think you can play him. And he might even be somebody that in shallower leagues you're cutting. Like it. Uh, before I say my fade real quick, we do have a question in the chat over on YouTube. So Ventro asks, I have Lockett, Thielen, and Tank Dell. So he has a wide receiver spot available and a flex spot available. So which two of the three do you start? Lockett, Easy. Thielen, Tank Dell. Easy for me. That's Lockett and Dell. Yep. I'm with that too. Last week against yeah, Seattle, they trailing 14 <laughs> targets. I mean, I, I look week one, two, two targets, 12 yards. I think Thielen will have good games here and there. He's more of a DFS play. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And my fade this week is Joe Mixon. Uh, Simply, they are playing at Tennessee. He hasn't looked great. He hasn't looked bad. I would say he's looked fine. That offense is definitely off a little bit. I know Jamar Chase had a big game, but Burrow's not healthy. You can't tell me he is. We all know he's not. Um, He's still going to get it out. And then that offensive line, his – not come together yet this season so for me against that i mean you're just gonna throw as much as you can against tennessee they are a pass funnel defense um so i am fading mixing this week he's currently ranked 13th for running backs um in consensus ucr um you might not be able to bench him because of how how you drafted but i definitely would try to if i could i would not expect big things from mixing this week let's get to our rigs question before we bow out here Absolutely. So Riggs asks, how would you guys rank the following five quarterbacks rest of the season? Geno, Fields, Deshaun, Goff, and Mac. This is a really tough question. So I'm obviously going to go Fields last. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go ascending order. I'll go five Fields, four Mac, three Gino, and then no, sorry, three to Sean, and then I'll go uh, Gino and Goff one. I have Goff one, Gino two, Fields three, Deshaun four, Mac five. So I'm gonna go the same as Eric, but I'm flipping Fields and who'd you have Deshaun fourth? Yeah, put Deshaun third, Fields fourth for me. But yeah. It, that's a tough one. I don't. I don't feel great about any of them. You're just hoping one of them but gets co- two touchdowns if you start them. Consensus. We like. We like Goff and Geno. Yep. Yeah. And we we're and not then, a fan of Mac Jones. We don't like dirty no, players. No. 
No, no Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you cannot tough him right off your uh, your roster. Uh, and for the last segment, we got to finish with Doc. Who is your random tight end touchdown of the week for week four? All right. I swear I'm going to get it one of these weeks, but I'm going Luke Musgrave for the Packers. Eight targets last week. Doesn't have a touchdown on the season. They play Detroit. Detroit always seems to be playing high scoring games and he's going to get his first touchdown and hopefully do a Kylan Granson post. He's due. All right. I love it, guys. This is Triple A Fantasy. Make sure you like the video while you're here. Subscribe to the channel. We got you covered in multiple sports. I mean, baseball's come on right after us live. If you're catching us after, you can still check out the video. We got you covered in basketball, which that season, I can't believe NBA is already starting up real quick. So make sure, like I said, hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss out. Best way to support our team. Thank you all. Good luck in week four, and we'll see you getting ready for week five.